0: in a while but school's starting and we were kind of busy but let's get on to the next chapter okay so now that we're ready let's begin chapter eight the potions master There! Look! Where? Next to the tall kid with red hair. Wearing the glasses. Did you see his face? Did you see his scar?" Whispers followed Harry from the moment he left his dormitory the next day. People queuing up outside classrooms stood on tiptoe to get a look at him or doubled back to pass him in the corridors again, staring. Harry wished they wouldn't because he was trying to concentrate on finding his way to his classes. There were 142 staircases at Hogwarts, wide sweeping ones, narrow rickety ones, and some that led to somewhere different on a Friday, some with a vanishing step hallway up that you had to remember. Then there were doors that wouldn't open unless you asked politely, or tickled them in exactly the right place, or doors that weren't really doors at all, but solid walls that were just pretending to be. It was also very hard to remember where anything was because it seemed to move around. A lot of people in the portraits kept going to visit each other and Harry was sure the coats of armor could talk and walk. The ghost didn't help either. It was always a nasty shock when one of them glided through the door you were trying to open. Nearly headless, Nick was always happy to point new Gryffindors in the, in the right direction, but Pease the poltergeist was worth two locks doors a trick scare taste and uh oh yeah that's all if you met him when you were late for class he would drop a waste paper basket on your head pull rugs from underneath your feet pelt you with chalk or sneak up behind you and invisible and grab your nose and screech got your cunk even got your what got your nose got your nose even worse than Pease, if that was possible, was the caretaker, Argus Filch. Harry and Ron managed to get on the wrong side of him on the very first morning. Filch found them trying to force their way through a door, which was unluckily turned out to be the entrance to the out-of-bounds corridor on the third floor. He wouldn't believe they were lost. They were trying to break in on purpose and were threatening to lock them in the dungeons, and they were rescued by Professor Kroll, who was passing. Filch owned a cat called Mrs. Norris, a scrawny, dust-colored creature with bulging lamp lamp eyes, just like Filch's. She patrolled the corridor alone. Break a rule in front of her, or put just one toe out of line, she'd whisk off Filch, who would appear wheezing two seconds later. Bilge knew the secret passageway in the school better than anyone, except perhaps the Weasley twins, and could pop up as suddenly as one of the ghosts. All the students hated him, and many of their dearest ambitions was to give Miss Norse a good kick. And once you managed to find them, there were lessons themselves. There is a lot more to magic, Carrie found out, than waving your wand and saying a few funny words. They had to study the night skies through their telescope every Wednesday at midnight, learn the different names of the, of the stars and movements of the planets. Three times a week, they went to greenhouses behind the castle to study herbology with a dumpy little witch called Professor Sprout, where they learned to take care of all the strange plants and fungi and found out what they were used for easily the most boring was history of magic which was the only class taught by a ghost professor bins had been very old when he had fallen asleep in front of the staff room fire. it's about to come up room and got up the next morning to teach leaving his body behind him so he died in his sleep and then he became a ghost and he just went to his class like normal uh-huh. He just died in his sleep, idiot. Old age? He just died in his sleep. He was old, okay? So old age. Yes, now shut up. Bins droned on and on and on while they scribbled down names and got Emmerich the evil and Uric the oddball. Emmerich. Mixed up. Professor Flitwick, the charms teacher, was a tiny little wizard who had to stand on piles of books to see over the desk. At the start of every lesson, he took the register and reached Harry's name. He gave an excited squeak and (sighs) toppled out of sight. Professor McGonagall was again quite different. She had been quite right to think, Harry had been quite right to think that she was a teacher to not cross. Strict and clever, she gave them a talking to the moment they had sat down in her first class. Transfiguration is some of the most complex and dangerous magic you will learn at Hogwarts. She said, anyone messing around in my class will leave and not come back. You have been warned. She changed her desk into a pig and back again. They were all very impressed and couldn't wait to get started, but soon they realized they weren't going to be changing furniture into animals for a very long time. But she changed her desk into a peg? Yes. After making a lot of complicated notes, they were given each a match and, try- and started trying to turn into a needle. By the end of the lesson, only Hermione Granger had made a difference to her match. Professor McGonagall showed the class how it had gone all silver and pointy and gave Hermione a rare smile. Uh, the class everyone had really been looking forward to was Defense Against the Dark Arts, but Quill's lessons turned out to be a bit of a joke. His classroom smelled strongly of garlic, which everyone said was to ward off that vampire he met in Romania, which he was afraid would be coming back to get him one of these days. His turban told him that they had been given to him by an African prince as a thank you for getting rid of a troublesome zombie, but they weren't sure they believed this story because when Seamus Finnegan asked him about it he went quiet for one thing oh yeah Crull went on went pink and started talking about the weather for another spoiler what before you know he actually just got the turban to hide Voldemort. Yeah, he only has a turban to hide Voldemort. I know there's this meme that was like I hate I, it. I hate I hate it when and then it Google filled the suggestion, which was like when Voldemort hides in my turban. I hate it. Me when. too, bro. I hate it when. Then there was a picture of him and it was pretty funny. Okay, so Let's continue now. Harry noticed that a funny smell hung around the turban. The Weasley twins insisted that it was stuffed with garlic. So Quirrell was protected wherever he went. Harry was it's relieved. Lord Voldemort! Oh, yeah. Voldy Baldy. Voldy Baldy, Voldy Baldy, Voldy Baldy, Voldy Baldy, Baldy. Bald, 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 bald. I don't know why Wait. I felt like saying that. Lord Voldemort like garlic his face does i mean imagine imagine that okay let's continue harry was relieved that he wasn't miles behind everyone else loads of people had come from muggle families and like him had no idea what they they were witches and wizards and so there was so much to learn that even people like ron didn't have much of a head start can you stop so can you stop can you stop though please okay it's really annoying okay friday was an important day for ron and harry they had finally managed to get now to finally get down their way to the great hall for breakfast without even getting lost once what we have today harry asked ron as he poured sugar on his porridge double potions of the slytherins said ron snape's head of slytherin house they say he always favors them we'll be able to see if it's true wish mcgonagall favored us mcgonagall was the head of gryffindor house But it hadn't stopped her from giving them a huge pile of homework the day before. Then the post arrived. Harry had gotten used to this by now. It had given him a shock when the first morning about a hundred owls suddenly streamed. the great hall during breakfast, circling tables until they saw their owners and dropping letters and packages onto their laps. Hedrick hadn't brought anything to Harry so far. She sometimes flew in to nibble his ear and have a bit of toast before going off to sleep in the owlry with the other school's owl. This morning, however, she fluttered between the marmalade and sugar bowl and dropped a note on Harry's plate. Harry tore it open at once dear harry it said in a very untidy scroll i know you get friday afternoons off so would you like to come and have a cup of tea with me around three i want to hear all about your first week send us an answer with Hedwig." hagrid harry borrowed ron's quilt and scribbled yes please see you later at the back of the note and sent it off to Hedwig again Harry was lucky that Harry had tea with Hagrid to look forward to because the potions lesson turned out to be the worst thing that happened to him so far. At the start of the term banquet, Harry got the idea that Professor Snape disliked him. By the end of the first potions lesson, he knew he had been wrong. Snape didn't dislike Harry. He hated him. Potions lessons took down in the place... In one of the dungeons, it was colder down there in the in the main castle, and would have been creepy enough without the pickled animals floating in jars around the walls. Snape, like Flitwick, started the class by taking the register. Like Flip like Flitwick, he paused at Harry's name. Ah, yes, he said softly, "Harry Potter, a new celebrity." Draco Malfoy and his Friends Crabbe and Goyle sniggered behind their hands. When Snape finished calling names, he looked up at the class. His eyes were black like Hagrid's, but had none of Hagrid's warmth. (laughs) Excuse me. They were cold and empty, and made you think of dark tunnels. What are dementors again? Dementors are things that. Feed on every living happiness inside you, the desire to live, and they take it all away. So you're only left with your bad memories. And you don't even want to live anymore. Okay, let's continue. Uh, Then it takes out your soul and you're just a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still have a heart that's beating, but you don't have a soul. There's a... F- like, Professor, here, you are... You are here to learn the subtle science and exact art of potion making, he began. He spoke in barely more than a whisper, but they caught every word. Like Professor McGonagall, Snape had the gift of keeping a class silent without effort, as there is little foolish wand-waving here. I don't suppose many of you will hardly believe this is magic. I don't expect you will really understand the beauty of a soft simmering cauldron with its shimmering fumes and delicate power of liquid that creeps through the human vines bewitching the mind and snaring the senses I can teach you how to bottle fame brew glory and put a stopper in death if you aren't as a big bunch of dunderhead as I usually have to teach More silence followed his little speech. Harry and Ron exchanged looks with raised eyebrows. Hermione Granger was on the edge of her seat and looked desperate to start proving she wasn't a dunderhead. "'Potter!' Potter, said Snape suddenly. "'What would I get if I added powdered root to an asphodel of infusion of wormwood?' "'Powdered root of infusion of what?' Harry glanced at Ron, who looked just as stumped as he was. Hermione's hand shot into the air. I don't know, sir, said Harry. Snape's lips curled into a sneer. Tut, tut, tut. Fame clearly isn't everything. He ignored Hermione's hand. Let me try again, Potter. Where would you look if I told you to find me a bezoar? Bezoar. Bezoar. Hermione stretched her hand as high as she could into the air, but it, as it wouldn't, as it would go without leaving her seat. Harry did not have the faintest idea what a bezoar was. He tried not to look at Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle, who were shaking with laughter. "I don't know, sir," thought you wouldn't open a book before coming, eh, Potter? Snape forced himself to keep a straight, to keep looking straight into those cold eyes. He had looked through the books at the Dursleys, but did Snape expect him to remember everything in 1001 Magical Herbs and Fungi? Snape was still ignoring Hermione's quivering hand. What's the difference between Monkshand and Wolfsbane, Potter? Hermione stood up, her hand stretching towards the dungeon ceiling. I don't know, said Harry quietly. I think Hermione does. Why don't you try her? A few people laughed. Harry caught Seamus' eye and Seamus winked. Snape, however, did not seem pleased. Sit down, he snapped at Hermione. For your information, Potter, Asphodel and wormwood make a sleeping potion so powerful it is known as the drought of living death. A bezoar is a stone taken from the stomach of a goat and it will save you from most poison. Monkshed and a again. is a stone taken from... Uh, from the stomach of a goat and it can cure most poisons. As for Monkshed and wolfsbane, they are the same plant, which goes by the name of Akunet. Well, why aren't you copying that now? There was a sudden rubbing of quills and parchment over the noise, Snape said, and a point will be taken from Grif- Gryffindor House for your cheek, Potter. Things didn't improve, for the Gryffindors, as the potion lesson continued, Snape okay, put them. Garfield, up... place or place? What do you mean? They're Gryffindors and they're Slytherins. They're taking potions with No, but what place are they? Place? They're in first grade of magic, idiot. No, like in the points. In the points? Uh, uh, it's only been a week, they don't tell you. They don't tell you how many points Gryffindor has until the very end. That's not Mhm. He swept there. around in his long. Wait, Slytherin wins. Gives one thousand points to Harry Potter for breathing. Hmm. Things didn't improve for the Gryffindors as. The potions lesson continued. Snape put them all into pairs and set them up to mixing up a simple potion to cure boils. He swept around his long black coat. He's like as old as Voldemort, because he went to school with Voldemort. No, three sure years like younger. Uh huh. Yeah. So how old is Voldemort? I don't know. Like 80 by the end of the book. By the end of the series, he's like. 70 or 80 or something. So, how Oh, yeah. So, okay. So it's seven, okay. Okay, can I continue? Yes. He swept around in his long black cloak, watching them weigh dried nettles, crush snake fangs, and criticizing almost everyone except Malfoy, whom he seemed to like. He was just telling everyone to look at the perfect way Malfoy had stewed his horned slugs. When clouds of acid green smoke and a loud hissing filled the dungeon, Neville had somehow managed to melt Seamus's pot into a twisted blob. Their potion was seeping across the stone floor, burning holes in people's shoes. Within seconds... The whole poison, the whole, within seconds, the whole class was standing on their stools while Neville, who had been drenched in the potion when the cauldron collapsed, moaned in pain as angry red boils sprang up all over his arms and legs. Idiot boy, snarled Snape, clearly clearing the spilled potion away with a wave of a wand. I suppose you added porcupine quills before they'd taken the cauldron off fire. Yes. Neville whimpered as the boil started to pop all over his nose. Take him to the hospital wing, Snape spat at Seamus. Then he rounded on Harry and Ron, who had been working next to Neville. You, Potter, why didn't you tell him not to add the quills? Thought he'd make you look good if he got it wrong. And that, that's another point lost for Gryffindor. This was so unfair, Harry opened his mar- mouth to argue, but Ron kicked him behind their cauldron. Don't push it, he muttered. I've heard Snape can turn very nasty. As they climbed the steps of the dungeon, an hour later, Harry's mind was racing and his spirits were low. He'd lost two points for Gryffindor in his first week. Why did Snape hate him so much? Cheer up said Ron Snape's always taking points off Fred and George. Can I meet Can I come and meet Hagrid with you? They 5 to 3 they left the castle and made their way across the grounds. Hagrid lived in a small cabin, a wooden cabin house on the edge of the Forbidden Forest. A crossbow and a pair of galoshes were outside the front window. When Harry knocked He heard a frantic scrabbling inside and several booming barks. Then Hagrid's voice rang out saying, Back Fang, back. Hagrid's big hairy face appeared in the crack as he pulled the door open. Hang on, he said. Back Fang, just let him in. He let them in struggling to keep a hold of the collar of the enormous black boarhound. Then there was only one room inside. Hams and pheasants were hanging from the ceiling. A copper kettle was boiling on the fire, and in the corner stood a massive bed with parchment quilt all over it. Make yourselves at home, said Hagrid, letting go of Fang, who bowed straight at Ron and started licking his ears. Like Hagrid, Fang was clearly not as fierce as he looked. This is Ron, Harry said. Harry told Hagrid, who was pouring boiling water onto a large teapot and putting rock cakes onto a plate. Another Weasley, eh? Hagrid, glancing at Ron's freckles. I spent half me life chasing your brothers away from the forest. The rock cakes almost broke their teeth, but Harry pretended. Harry and Ron pretended to be enjoying them as they told Hagrid about their first, rest, first lessons. That fang rested his head on Harry's knee and drooled all over his robes. Harry and Ron were delighted to hear Hagrid call Filch an old git. As for that cat, Miss Norris, I'd like to introduce her to Fang somehow. Do you know every time I go to school, she follows me everywhere. Can't get rid of her. Filch puts her up to it. Harry told Hagrid about Snape's potion lesson. Hagrid, like Ron, told Harry not to worry and Snape hardly liked any of the students, but he seems to re- really hate me. Why should he? Rubbish. Rubbish, said Hagrid. Why should he? Yet Harry couldn't help thinking that Hagrid didn't quite meet his eyes when he said that. How's your brother Charlie? Hagrid asked. I liked him. Great with animals. Harry wondered if Hagrid had changed the subject on purpose. While Ron told Hagrid all about Charlie's work with dragons. Harry picked up a piece of paper that was lying on the table under the tea cozy. It was cutting from the Daily Prophet. Gringotts' break-in latest. Investigations continue into the break-in on Gringotts on July 31st, widely believed to be the work of dark witches or wizards unknown. Gringotts' goblin insisted that nothing had been taken. The vault was searched... In fact, the same date had been emptied. We're not telling you it wasn't there, so keep your noses out of it if you know what's good for you, said a a Gringotts spokes gobbling this afternoon. Harry remembered Ron telling him on the train that someone had tried to rob Gringotts, but Ron hadn't mentioned the date. (sighs) Hagrid, said Harry, the Gringotts break-in happened on my birthday. It might have been happening while we were there. No doubt that Hagrid definitely didn't meet Harry's eyes this time. He grunted and offered him another rock cake. Harry read the story again. The vault was searched, it had in fact been emptied the earlier the same day. Hagrid had emptied vault 713, if you could call it emptying, taking out a grubby little package. Had that been what the thieves were looking for? Harry and Ron walked back to the castle for dinner. As their pockets weighed down with rock cakes, they had been too polite to refuse. Harry thought none of the lessons he had had so far had given him so much to think about as tea with Hagrid. Had Hagrid collected the package just in time? Was it there now? Did Hagrid know something about Snape that he didn't want to tell Harry? And that's that. We'll make another episode tomorrow. Bye! Night.